listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast, and we're going to walk through some updates that are going on. I know we gave some last week, but there's some things that developed in the last week, including some of the topics on the Supreme Court with how they're going to rule the Affordable Care Act and what employees and uh, employers are looking for and what to expect going forward. So we're going to go and just jump right into it. So what we're seeing now from employers uh, group health insurance during the open enrollment is a lot of the employers are not wanting to make any changes and because they don't want to make any impacts or moves related to their employees, especially if they've already had movement over the last uh, six months. And what I mean by movement, it could be hour fluctuations. It could be some people got laid off or a whole bunch of people got laid off. Maybe some were furloughed. And so we're seeing a lot of employers that really don't want to make any changes, but there's a percentage of them that are looking to actually cut expenses. So looking for opportunities outside the normal box to actually help control some of the expenses going forward is going to be really key for a lot of employers that are budget conscious going into this. In addition to that, some of the employers are getting feedback from employees on how they want some plan designs. So we are experiencing some plan changes based on employee feedback. And this is positive because now the employees are taking a little ownership in their health insurance, basically voicing their opinion on how health plans need to be or should be based on the employment there. And so this is great feedback, communication through the channels. So we're seeing a lot of positive that comes out of this, which also leads back to HR. We are not an HR firm. We do some limited HR stuff, but I know HR is seeing some things where they're starting to implement certain things to help people adapt with returning to work. There's checklists for this. We do have checklists from our HR outsourcing firms. So if you need a checklist for returning to work or how to deal with COVID in the workplace or certain things that you should be working on, especially from a uh, recommendation or mandate, whether it's state or federal, reach out to us and we'll provide or make that introduction for you if you need a little bit more in depth. But otherwise, we have the checklist that we could provide to you. But from an HR perspective, they're actually becoming a little bit more innovative to help engage the employees a little bit more than they ever have before, especially with remote learning or learning because we're all homeschooling these days. When we're remote working, uh, it's hard to engage your staff. And in fact, a lot of employees miss that engagement. How do you get that back? There's team building exercises that can be done via Zoom or other avenues but there's definitely ways to engage those employees uh, moving forward and, and keep them engaged and productive in the workplace. You do have to release or re- relax some of the guidelines as far as what needs to be accomplished because there's a lot of distractions at home, especially with the e-learning and kids going to school and from school or working uh, their school from home certain days a week and then in school other days a week. And it, it makes it a little chaotic at home. So there are certain guidelines that need to be adjusted just so that 
the performance measurements are basically curved when you're trying to grade employees on whether or not they're being productive from home or not. So you just have to be a little bit more careful from an HR perspective. There's guidance on this. So if you need some of that or need an introduction for more HR advice, um, reach out to us and we'll make those introductions. From the individual and family standpoint, we're seeing that the individuals and families are actually looking to make some changes. So if you purchase insurance on your own, whether it's on exchange or off exchange, there's a lot of great questions that are coming out of these conversations. These questions are, are around not only where's the cost aspect and premium, because the premiums did go up for most people across the, the country, uh, let alone Chicagoland area, but what's going to be covered and how it's going to be covered. And this is important because the more engagement you put into a health plan, the more you understand it, how it works, and then there's less surprises later. So asking a lot of these questions up front is key because that could change the outcome of what plan we're picking and how we're going about it. We just need to be careful on on some of the things that you're looking at because you might be so focused on certain areas that leave out a whole bunch of other stuff. And if you stay focused in those areas, you're going to lose out at claim time if that actually occurred. And so you just have to be careful on um, how you're approaching it and cover all aspects before making that decision. Some of the things that the employers are asking for, they're, they're looking for long-term strategies, not only just short-term. So we're looking at 2021 health plans and how to build a package for the employee base and then how is it gonna work going forward. So we have employers that are actually looking farther out than the next uh, renewal. And this is very important because there are strategies that are long-term, it takes a little while to get there, but you can't expect results um, always in the first 12 months. This should be a golden rule for employers going forward of what's that long-term approach? How do we cut these costs? How do we increase benefits over time? So those are great questions that we're actually hearing from employers. So keep those conversations going and ask for the long-term strategies. But like I said earlier, employees are asking a little bit more and even questions, even this morning, they were concerned about certain co-pays at certain times. So that makes adjustments for certain plans. Engaging those employees, listening to what they have to say is definitely important when, we go, when you're walking through this open enrollment. But keep in mind, if there's any plan changes that need to occur, especially in the employer-sponsored space, is that a lot of these plans for January 1st have to be updated before the end of November. It's so that the insurance company could actually update the profile so that the employees could actually enroll in those benefits. The uh, issue but with the delay is some insurance companies need that time frame to actually add the profiles to the employer. And it's usually only one or two insurance companies that have this issue, but just keep it in mind. And then that way you can run a an efficient open enrollment in sometime in the month of December instead of scrambling and getting everybody to hurry up and get things done. You have two days to review plans and, and you still don't have all the paperwork and then employees are asking for insurance cards at the end of the month or even the beginning of January. So you don't want that. So plan accordingly, even if it's the insurance company that doesn't need that time restriction, it's still better for you as an employer and HR staff and how to administer through uh, to your employees for the health plans. (laughs) 
If you own a business, Elite Benefits of America wants to remind you that health insurance open enrollments are either happening now or coming very quickly. And this is the time to review and implement a health care plan to make or keep you as the employer of choice. Deadlines for open enrollment range between November 1st and January 1st. Get ahead of the curve. The Small Business Special Enrollment Period, part of the Affordable Care Act, now allows employers with 49 employees and under to offer health benefits without contributing a dime to the employee plan. Help your employees save money on taxes with health insurance they're already paying for with their hard-earned dollars. Butch Zemar from Elite Benefits of America wants you to reach out to him today. Visit EliteBenefits.net or call 708-535-3006. A little recent update with the Supreme Court reviewing the Affordable Care Act. They came out this past week that it's pretty much going to stand regardless of what decisions they make. It's going to be up to Congress if they want to break it apart or move it into a different direction, which is about what I expected. I did not expect that everybody, uh, the Supreme Court was going to turn the whole law down and say it was um, it couldn't sustain itself. Because it's obviously working at a zero tax. That was the whole reason it went back there is because he zeroed out the tax, making in the individual requirement from a tax liability to the individual virtually gone. It still shows up on the tax return. It's not gone completely, but the tax penalty is zero if you don't have the qualifying coverage or or any coverage at all. So it's about what I expected. So moving forward, the Affordable Care Act is going to stay. And so from the world of Butch Zemar, uh, assuming that Joe Biden takes uh, the White House in January, the Affordable Care Act is still going to stay, not because he was the vice president when it was enacted uh, into law, but more so it's a big, huge ball of wax in a lot of ways. And it's not going to change within the next couple of years. There's a lot of moving parts. The law has to change and shift. And if we think about it, the Affordable Care Act took four years to fully implement, whether it was a timeline thing or a restriction on the insurance companies and logistics. It was a combination of both from my perspective. And so nothing's going to change right away. Assuming that, let's say, the the right gets their way on some of these votes, and I'm not trying to lean politically, I'm just saying that if that changes and, and uh, President Trump stays in office, it's not going to change either. So even if Congress decides they're going to make changes on the health care plan, the next two years, you're, you're almost certain that things are not going to change. So for long-term strategy, these are key things to know because some people are a little panic mode, regardless of who takes the White House, that there's going to be plan changes. There definitely will be changes. My perception is that it won't, ta- it won't be within the first two years. It'll probably be uh, closer to four to five years before we see any of those changes. So now some homework for some of the employers that are listening to this podcast. You have about two weeks to get things taken care of internally with your broker. And so I would definitely put priority on your own calendar as well as the the broker's calendar to get that done. Because if you're going to make any changes, the paperwork needs to go in. We have Thanksgiving coming up. Make sure as a timeline perspective that you get that done because you want an efficient open enrollment because you want to have confidence put into your employees going forward. And so make sure you mark your calendar, create some urgency, and then open up and put some deadlines in December when the open enrollment is going to open and close. 
uh, generally most employers, small employers at least, uh, are doing a week and some will do up to 10 days if they're a little bit larger. Some will do the whole entire month of December, which is quite long, but it depends on, on the employer and timelines that they have internally. Maybe they have other things going on, but definitely put some timelines in the calendar and get that taken care of so you can get it off your desk. Um, I you know, highly recommend just try to get everything taken care of before Thanksgiving because of paperwork shuffles and getting uh, computers updated if there's plan changes. And then, of course, then trying to roll things out. Because one of the key things is definitely is if employees are making changes in their plan is getting insurance cards in their hands. And so uh, it brings a lot of confidence not only uh, in their health insurance program, but also into the employer of doing the right thing for their employees. And going forward, I think this is going to be important, especially in the world of COVID and weird things that occur in 2020, apparently. And so you just want to make sure that you just check one other box off your list so that you can increase the confidence of your employee base. We got one insider tip for you when you're doing some evaluations on your health plans, uh, whether you're doing it individually yourself or your family or uh, as an employer or even an employee trying to evaluate what's the, the best plan to choose from. The common question is definitely, what's the best plan I could pick, right? Well, it's all relative. A couple things to keep in mind is there's heavy focus on what the deductible is and maybe the copay which are important aspects of a health plan. But one thing I want to do is point out as just uh, advice from a professional in the field is look at the whole package. And when I say that is because you could have a $750 deductible and the out-of-pocket could be $8,000 or more. And so depending on what your history has been like and what your perspective is going forward on your health history, it may not be the best investment of your money. There's not that big of a price difference between a higher deductible and a lower deductible these days just because of the way the Affordable Care Act did their price models. So you just have to evaluate the whole picture because you could be overpaying for that $750 deductible and it would make more financial sense to roll that back because your out-of-pocket is going to be either virtually the same or exactly the same whether you have the $750 deductible or the $6,000 deductible. So look at the whole package and what's there and what your utilization you expect because history does repeat itself in many different ways and your health history as well. Because if something catastrophic or something sudden comes up, that's why we buy insurance uh, anyway. So from uh, that perspective, just know what your max out-of-pocket is. From a financial perspective, you just have to add up the premiums and what your out-of-pocket is if that sudden thing actually occurred and where that premium and out-of-pocket lies at the end of the year. And the lower cost method will probably be the best one to go with. If you do the math, you might be surprised that you might be way overpaying on a lower deductible and still end up paying the same amount of pocket at the end of the day if something bad were to happen. That's my little tidbit this week. Don't focus just on one or two areas. Look at the whole entire package so that you can have a good idea of what's going to happen at claim time. Thanks for listening to the ZMAR podcast. I appreciate all the listeners and the feedback. And I would encourage if you're new to the podcast to go back and listen to the previous podcast. We talked about the history of health insurance and some of the impact on employers and their employees. And so I think there's really good content that you'll be able to pick up on from uh, I would also encourage you to go out and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It's available in just about everywhere podcast is available, so it should be right and readily available on your phone and health, handheld devices. I'm Boyd Zemar. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Hey.